two, one. Hey, everyone. Hi, we're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. Johnny Bananas of Celebrity Sleepover. Are you kidding me? The name, but we had to talk PA first. Really? Now, you're from Pennsylvania. Don't tell me. It's Philadelphia, isn't it? Not from Pennsylvania, but I attended uh, Penn State. That's my alma mater. And um, I'd like to think of myself as like an adopted son of Pennsylvania because, uh, listen, Pennsylvania, the uh, uh, Penn State, that's what uh, that's where I essentially launched my uh, television entertainment Johnny Bananas career from from uh, right out in front of Old Main on uh, on the campus at, at Penn State. So, oh, um, no, a lot of that's, memories there, man. A lot of, I, lot of fond memories. Oh, man, you're a Penn State guy. Oh, no. I'm a pit pit yeah. guy through and through and oh my oh boy yeah yeah, yeah you got listen pit we we had a tough time remember in football man we had a tough time against pit back, back in the day yeah back in the day yeah. we had some great rivalries and we don't and uh I'm just like oh, okay so Penn State guy so I'll, I'll let you go that campus yeah. so you you could really go bananas on that that campus is that how does that how is that how you got the name Listen, man. Uh, I know this is a, this is probably a this this is this is probably a show we can't we can't really get into the the nuts and bolts of what went yeah. down, uh, you know, during my college years. But yeah, uh, that's not necessarily where I got the name. I actually had the nickname before I attended school there. I actually got the nickname when I moved to Long Island. I'm from California, moved to Long Island after high school, and then I transferred to Penn State while I was living on Long Island. I worked at the banana. I worked at Banana Republic at the Roosevelt Field Mall, and that's actually where the nickname came from. But when I went on TV, I'm like, I don't want to be John. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come up with something that's gonna like, you know, become a household name. Some people are gonna remember, and that's kind of where uh, Johnny Bananas w- w- was born. Really? See that? That's um- unbelievable. Yeah. You would, you would think it's because of how crazy you are, right? Or not? It just worked. That's what. But see, that's the thing. It, it, it. it at the time, I, I like to think that I've that, that I've kind of you know dialed it back a bit. Uh, but at the time, it just it it just worked. I mean, I worked at Banana Republic, but also I was you know I was a wild child, man. So yeah, the banana name it was just it 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 just stuck and, and it made sense. How did you get hooked up in the reality world? As you said, from your videos at Penn State. Yeah, like any other college kid. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I I, I attended, uh, I was at Penn State from 2000 to 2005. Um, and back in the back in those days, I mean, you know, reality television was in its was it was in its heyday. You know what I mean? That's when I mean, we were besides the real world, uh, the challenge and like Survivor yeah. and Big Brother were the only games in town. It's not like it is today. And um, so, you know, reality TV and, and the real world was a staple of, of, of any you know, college kids, uh, daily schedule. Um, and I just got into watching it there and I was like, wait a minute. So these guys get notoriety and they get famous for partying, hanging out and stirring the pot. I'm like, I do that on a daily basis. Anyways, might as well get some recognition for it. So I sent in my audition tape, like I said, and the rest was history. See the real world. And just thinking about the real world, it started all of reality television. I think that's where it all began. What, what real world were, were you, what season? I was season 17. I was, I was in uh, Key West, Florida. And then uh, after, after my original season, I spent 15 years doing reality TV. I've done, I did 20 seasons of the challenge. Um, I just won the, the last one that I was on. And after that, I figured I was like, yo, let me take this amazing platform, this brand that I've created 
and uh, parlay that uh, in, in, into another field. And, um, you know, travel hosting was, was, was my first stop along the way. And now uh, late night hosting is, uh, is, 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 is where I've landed. Wow. So, so let's talk about celebrity sleepover then. Because again, your interview is interesting people, but really bringing back a lot of your reality roots in certain ways too. Exactly. I mean, like you, like you mentioned before, I was on, I was on the real world, right? Yeah. Uh, the 17th season, the real world is basically what started reality television, uh, you know, back, back in the early nineties. Well, it just so happens we've come full circle and I just had three of the original members of the real world, New York, uh, Eric Neese, Heather B and Julie on celebrity sleepover. So it's, and, and that was like, for me, for a guy that's been on the show and for a guy who's, who grew up watching reality TV and, and, you know, they're icons, man, they're pioneers totally. in, in, yeah. in reality television. So being able to have them on and being able to like, almost like nerd out with them and, and just talk reality and, and just kind of talk to the people who started it all. It was a really cool experience. And it, and it was great for me as not just uh, a part of the family, I guess you'd say, but as a fan to be able to pick their brains and just, a, a, and have them on, you know, and uh, give them that platform. And um, right. it's just been a really cool experience man, all the way around. You know, see, that's interesting when you talk about specifically interviewing people you grew up watching, like all of us watched yeah. the first real world, New York. I mean, bottom yeah. line, if you're at a certain age, you watched it and you were blown away by that experience, by how it ever changed us watching television. It really did. For sure. Like, really, this is yeah. real. This is really happening. You know, and now with the yeah. reality television, how it's grown and now they have executive producers and producers and writers and people, uh, production companies. If everyone would have known to grab on that rate gravy chain from the real world. Wow. And it, and it was, a, it was also a change in MTV too. So I'm sure I, yeah. I can't wait to tune into that interview. And what did you learn in these yeah, interviews? I mean, yeah, for sure. Cause you've said you've hosted different things. You've been in all these parts. What's the difference of interviewing in this kind of a format compared to what you've been doing in your career? It's it, I thought going into hosting and I thought, but you know, doing the late night uh, hosting, I thought, listen, I've, I know how to, I know how to act in front of the camera. Like I've created this persona over the last 15 years. Well, what unbeknownst to me, basically everything that I'd learned how to do on reality TV and on the challenge, I had to kind of unlearn and I had to do the exact opposite reality TV, the challenge, the real world. That's all about being the, the biggest, the, the, the biggest person in the room. You know what I mean? Being right. the most over the top, colorful, in your face, tongue in cheek, sarcastic, uh, person in the room, absorb all the oxygen. You know what I mean? Do all the talking. Uh, hosting is the exact opposite. Hosting is about being, is playing second fiddle to, to, to whoever you have on, you know what I mean? Being the supporting role, listening. I've never been a good listener, man. Like I, when I tell you, like <laughs> the amount of effort it took for me doing, especially these first interviews to sit there and like, not just hear what they're saying, but actually listen to what they're saying and kind of take what they're saying and then formulate some kind of like follow-up question in my head that was actually <laughs> kind of like somewhat intelligent sounding or witty or whatever. Dude, it, after the shoots, man, I was like exhausted. Like I was just like shot mentally because it takes a, a, a lot of energy. And, but I really do think, and, and, and I love what I've been able to do uh, because I really do think that it's made me a more complete uh, television uh, persona, you know, if, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I feel like I have more 
feel like before yeah. I was a hammer and everything I saw was nails. Now I feel like I have more tools in my tool belt. And don't get me wrong. The Johnny Bananas that you know and love from the challenge is still very much yes. alive and well. But, but it's just more of like a more like buttoned up. Lay back. Lay back and let the other people go bananas with you. All right. So everyone can check out Celebrity Sleepover all over the place, right? It's in the, uh, different NBC channels all over the country, all over the U.S., correct? It's like the different times. Yep. It's in, but, yeah. Yep. It, 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 uh, it, it's check your local listings, but it comes on after SNL. Um, if you can't, if you, if you can't find it there, if you don't see it there, you can uh, stream it on the Peacock app, um, search first look, cause that's where presented by first look, or you can find it um, on our YouTube channel as well. Excellent, man. I appreciate you taking the time with me. But again, I really think you're on the right track as a talk show host. Someday we'll see you on late night, right? This is the start of late night, right? One day a week. This, so well, maybe... this is like late. This is like late, late night. So maybe, yeah, late, maybe, late maybe night. hopefully we're, we're going to get a little earlier. You're going to get yeah. there. No, you just you're going to definitely get there and, and just keep up the great work. And I appreciate you coming by and uh, we'll definitely connect sometime when especially if you're in PA. Appreciate okay, Appreciate appreciate you having me, man. I'll I'll take you to Pomani Brothers. All right. Take care, man. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. All right. You're listening to Neil Haley Show. I'm watching Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome the program. Dr. Shannon Panzo. Dr. Shannon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. It's another sunny day here. Always a sunny day in Australia. That's not fair. But again, in Pittsburgh, we know there's not many sunny days. And Dr. Shannon, again, is a photographic memory expert, a brain management expert, and also does mentoring. Please visit him at zuxpro.com for more information and uh also can check them out by Googling them. So Dr. Shannon, I'm really excited about our guest today because he's going to tell us the history of just people that have been involved in your life as well and talking about brain management and how he's used brain management in his life to that has led into what the Zucks Pro method is for how he uses mental photography photography 
and some of the other processes. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Augie Nost, author, podcaster, radio host. Augie, what's up? Thanks for stopping by. Well, hello, hello. I am with you here from sunny Tucson, Arizona. Fantastic. So, Augie, from what I've heard from Dr. Shannon is you ran into Dr. Richard Welch as well. So kind of go into that process as we brought up in episode one about the history of mental photography, photographic memory, and how uh, Dr. Panzo learned from Dr. Richard. How did you guys, and you have trained in the brain management style, but also trained people in it back in the day. Uh, so as Augie, we could see that's why you use that anti-aging because you sure as heck don't look how old you possibly could be. So go ahead, Augie, with the whole process of how you got learned about brain management and how to use mental photography. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to start with that one because it's such a big subject. I think it dates back close to 30 years ago when I met Dr. Welsh, um, Richard Welsh, in Omaha, Nebraska. I, was, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and we were kind of ended up going in the same circles. And uh, he was always a kind of fun guy, an interesting guy to be around. So we kind of drew each other to each other. And we figured it out after a bit that we wanted to work together because I was dealing with some of the things uh, that he was talking about. And I went through the training course and I became a, uh, an instructor. And uh, then I ended up uh, traveling around the United States for about a year or so and teaching this course. And I had some phenomenal experiences by doing that. I tell you, the, this course has done so much for me. This was close to 30 years ago, but it also helped me in a lot of the things that I've done later. I, uh, I've done a lot, and I know a lot of these things I probably would not have accomplished unless uh, it was for this. But I learned here the model and the methods of uh, structuring the subconscious mind to support what we are doing consciously from the conscious understanding and the conscious mind. So uh, I think that's how it started anyway. Very, okay, very interesting. Now, Dr. Shannon, uh, explain to me how you met Augie. And how, is that how you guys connected? <laughs> well, uh, essentially, Augie's been around uh, pretty much as long as I have been around. And, uh, and so it's nice to always hear a similar story coming from a person that is, uh, that has been affiliated in a very similar math, uh, method with regards to, uh, my mentor, Dr. Richard Welch and Augie was there teaching with Dr. Richard Welch. Uh, I, I started teaching with R Richard Welch, uh, after the fact, uh, after Augie was, and Augie had his own things that he was doing, so he moved on to those things. Uh, but he has—he definitely has some interesting stories to tell when it uh, during the time that he was actually involved in uh, in his instructorship with Richard Welch himself. So, uh, and also, I want to point out something, and 
Augie's already made an indication of this. And that is, people often ask me, Shannon, how has this actually, uh, how has this changed your life? Well, yes, it has changed every last aspect of my life. I am leading a completely different life than I had ever presumed that I would through the use of this process. And it's a much richer life, much more, uh, much more overall wealth and, and prosperity in, uh, in the understanding that I have in the world. So, uh, so I have actually gained tremendously through this process. Augie also has made similar gains. And that's what he, he alluded to before is the fact that if it wasn't for this training and what it did for him, he wouldn't be where he is today doing, doing the things that he's doing. It would have been a completely different life for him. Uh, would you agree with that, Augie? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I do concur in, in many, many different ways because back in the early days, about 30 years ago, so let's just back when there was Richard Welsh and me, I was, we were doing it uh, on our own out there. And uh, of course, he had some previous history where he has you know, great successes within the, uh, even the, you know, the education system. But what we learned is that it doesn't matter where people come from okay. and what they do before, because once you learn the process, it works for everybody because pretty much everybody has the same kind of brain. And the brain is just a tool for the mind. So it doesn't just work for the brain. It also works for the mind. So the two of them together create something that uh, normally people would think would be impossible, how we can use the mind. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that I, I have some stories. Boy, do I have some stories. Uh, there is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where I would want to start. I want to there's two stories I really like to mention because they are so, so um, de uh, descriptive of what can really happen. Uh, there was uh, a, a class we did in Omaha where uh, there was a kid that came to class. He came on a skateboard. He was about 17, 18, maybe 19 years old. I kind of looked that way. And uh, he was so dyslexic, he could not even read hardly at all. We do a reading test and we uh, give them five minutes and see how many words they read. He was uh, pretty much down the first paragraph after five minutes and he couldn't remember a thing that he read. But when we ran him through the course at the end of the week, he was performing with the rest of the class. Uh, there was no difference. They scored in the... Uh, 85 to 95% on books that he has never seen before. And he just flew through the book at two pages a second. And these, when we give them tests afterwards, it shows pretty much those results just about every time. Now he afterwards, we were talking and he said something about, you know, I don't know what I should do is this because uh, where am I going from here? And I knew a, uh, a diamond cutter over in Antwerp, uh, the Netherlands. And I, uh, this kid had, he was doing, uh, you know, games and stuff. And he was pretty sharp, actually. He just couldn't read. And uh, I suggested, uh, 
I'll, I'll get back to you. So I talked to my friend over in Europe, and he was a diamond cutter. He was old, and he was about to retire, and he needed a, somebody to work with to take over, basically, because he had nobody. And uh, I suggested to him, uh, you know, do you need, a, a, you know, somebody to help you out? And he said, no, but I talked him into it and I suggested to the kid, go over there, work with the guy. He couldn't pay him. He wouldn't pay him actually anything uh, as the, for the first few months at least so that he could uh, learn the trade. The kid went over there and I think it was about 10, 15 years later, he got a hold of me and he thanked me because he said, I would never have been able to do what I'm doing today, he says, because he had then taken over the business and he was well over half a million dollars, converted dollars uh, in income that he did every year. And he was very happy. See, this kid, he was here basically, I hate to use the word worthless in the, um, the workforce because of his mind. but. When he had gone through this court, learned how to structure the mind so he could work it and concentrate in the right areas where he needed to, he became an expert at what he did. And uh, wow. this, is re- this is really something that uh, it just this kid, because this course can do away with dyslexia. And uh, that is another thing. That's crazy. Like these yeah. days, yeah, a lot of people have dyslexia. Yeah, this could really help. I even in have... And that's so you were at the time when Richard Welsh really was groundbreaking in finding this, right? To work with kids with dyslexia yeah. and be able to have them that couldn't read, didn't have the ability to read, to use uh, his method in brain management to get these kids to be able to 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 understand material it's not read but understand it so that they could answer questions and stuff right yeah yep absolutely yeah and uh there's another quick story that i want to mention uh because it uh it relates to what i used to do i uh, i you know born in europe and came out to the united states to become a professional pilot and i did that and i flew for living for 23 years you know as my you know, have my own business and flight school, international air taxi and an air carrier. And uh, after I retired from that, uh, me and Richard went out to Denver and we taught the class to a flight school out there where there were mostly uh, students. Actually, the biggest part of the student class was from other countries. And that involves uh, language barriers and things like that. You know, you, you don't think in just by coming here, you don't think in English. You can read something in English and you're going to transfer it back to your own language to understand it. And then, you know, if you talk to someone else, you got to get out of your own language memory and translate that into English words. So this gets a little convoluted. But uh, after that, they went through the course, they accelerated phenomenally. And they started to, on their test, that they had to do for different uh, aviation certificates, they scored in the high 90s. And this became suspicious to the FAA. So they came to the school and asked them, what are you doing? Uh, Your students are performing abnormally. 
And uh, normally, you know, that would be a negative, but in this case, it was a big positive because they're scoring so high. They were wondering if they were cheating. And, uh, you know, the chief flight instructor, he explained it to them what they have done, and uh, it kind of drained away from there that uh, nothing really happened in uh, repercussions against the school because they uh, looked into uh, Zark Pro a little bit and they found that, yeah, maybe there is something here that they can do. So the FAA went away on that, but there was also things that happened at the school that uh, really enforced what uh, a um, mind that is trained in this way can do. There was one incident that uh, the chief pilot told me afterwards. We became good friends, and we were talking for months and months after that uh, we did the class with him. And he told me that uh, he was in the airplane with a student. He was uh, instructor in the right seat, the student in the left seat, which is normally the captain's seat. And uh, they were in a King Air. And uh, up on top of the glare shield over the instrument panel, in the cockpit, there is a um, a row of uh, the row of uh, lights. That uh, if something goes wrong anywhere in the airplane, the light comes on and flashes at you, and it won't turn off until you push it and shut it off. And in this incident, they uh, they were in the clouds, and uh, the students were on the instrument, just looking at the instrument straight ahead. And one of the flash um, of the lights on the glacier just flashed really quick once and then turned off. Wow. It's not supposed not supposed to do that. So they were but the student caught that and immediately when what the, the um the instructor told me that either slightly before or at the time the light flashed, the student moved his hand to the thrust levers because there was on the uh, right engine that there was something wrong. So he was going to be ready to okay. move the thrust lever back and shut it off in case something happened. And uh, then, you know, nothing happened. So he also immediately moved down and pushed the uh, circuit breaker in, which was just intuition on heart, because that is non-procedure. You're supposed to wait for a second or so to see what happens on the panel. But uh, he, sh he was ready either slightly before the light flashed or at the time the light flashed to secure that engine. And this happened so quick in a matter of about two seconds. And that is also a little kind of little too quick than what normally would happen. But he was very alert. And this is some of the things that also happened. You can have a premonition, and I have had that many times, of things that will happen. I have a premonition right before, so I could be ready for it. So, Dr. Shannon, so that's part of brain management, is be able to anticipate right. things before they happen, Dr. Shannon. Is that correct? Right. Whenever you tune up the brain this way, uh, we talk about it whenever we're talking about awareness and perception, and uh, this has to do with the peripheral vision, things like this. Uh, this is exactly what happens is you start anticipating life before it unfolds actually for you. You, you can actually okay. reverse time where you actually see things happening in advance of them actually playing out. 
And this is a wonderful ability. And this is why emergency workers and such really need to uh, take this on board right. because it makes them so much more effective and efficient in their job. They can anticipate whenever a problem is going to occur. And, you know, just a little while ago, I mentioned the brain and the mind. Now, reverting back to what I mentioned about that, he may have moved his hand to the thrust levers before the light flashed. Theoretically, according to Newtonian physics, he should not have had that right. warning. But quantum mechanics explains it because in uh, in the uh, in the equations of quantum mechanics everything is connected because we are also through the mind not just the brain but the mind we are also connected to the future and the past uh, quantum mechanics backed me up on this so what the student felt he felt there was something wrong with the right engine and he reached for the thrust levers and then the the light either flashed at that time or slightly before, as the, uh, the chief pilot told me. So this is explainable. Right. And uh, it's not easy to understand, but it is explainable uh, using quantum mechanics as a backdrop for your understanding of it. Excellent. Oh, wow. This is just very, very interesting information. Dr. Shannon, Anything else to ask Augie before we're close to running out of time? We could go into three parts with Augie regarding brain management. Okay. Well, what if um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to brain management, mental photography, and and the things, uh, what what would you consider the most important part of of what is what is presented here? Uh, the most important part is probably what well, for myself is a two part. First of all, access to information and memory. Because when you fly through a book at two pages a second, going through it in five minutes, uh, you take a mental picture of those pages totally bypass the conscious mind, stick it into long-term memory, and there it is. Just like anything else when you want to, uh, you don't walk around every day knowing everything in long-term memory. If you did, you couldn't do anything. You'd be flushed. But when you start using the triggers, you can bring all of that out of there. Just like any other book that you sit down for three days and read, you have access to it. And this is something, the, the one year that I uh, traveled around uh, teaching the course, I probably read anywhere from 1,000 to about 1,200, 1,300 books that wow. year. And... Uh, of course, I'm using the word reading because uh, it's the word beyond. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing anymore. The thing, 12 to 1300 books. And Dr. Shannon explained yeah. to me in one of the other episodes, if you are reading three different types of things, it's harder to, to understand it completely. You really have to pick the right books to read, right? Or to, to photograph. Isn't that right, Dr. Shannon? It can't be three of the same option. That's a different. Well, there dance. we have we have ways of dealing with that. Uh, 
basically, let's say you're photographing three dictionaries and uh, one's red, one's green, one's blue. Well, we can actually utilize the color of the book to disseminate which one is which so that you're not mixing up the files. This is like literally like a filing system. And, and that's how it's approached. You're literally plugging in a file of that entire book uh, into, into where you're going. Wow. This also accommodates you learning multiple languages. And we have people doing okay, this. Okay, how well. many languages do you know, Dr. Shannon? Uh, well, fluently only only one English because that's all I all I really feel that I, I need at this time. But the point uh, the the point is is I've photographed multiple languages. I just haven't uh, had the opportunity to go out there and situate myself with recall. So gotcha. that's fine too. All right, all right, Doctor. Um, I mean, uh, Augie best place we can connect with you purchase your books and learn more about you where can we go okay well a good place to connect with me is through one of my websites it's called broadcast team alpha broadcast team alpha.com and also on youtube under broadcast team alpha and uh, there is one book there that uh, probably uh, um, I, I've written a few, and uh, one of them that I maybe want to mention because it can help people a lot in a lot of areas of their life, and that is called Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. What I do in there, I teach people how to use their minds in ways that you normally would think would be impossible, and gives them also a, an understanding of how the universe works and why it works and also what we are i said what i don't mean who right. because when it really comes down to the science of it there is no who there is only what we are and up for dr shannon zuxpro.com right zuxpro.com and brainmanagement.com those two right right, right. awesome well appreciate and, and i have and i have my own book on consciousness as well yeah, i'm reading it now uh, we'll, so we'll, we'll have to we'll, talk about a portion of the book on next episode i've read a couple pages i'll be prepared for our next episode to go into the book a little bit okay, <laughs> okay. so you'll see well, how's my memory without photographing things but reading them so i appreciate you guys both uh stopping by the, uh, the photographic memory podcast it was a great show and i uh, unbelievable information it makes everyone want to go to zuxpro.com right now but if they're interested in mentoring as well go to zuxpro.com as well i'll take care guys appreciate it Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that was a photographic memory podcast. Hey. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.
Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rob Roselli Show. I'm excited about welcome to Rob Roselli. Rob, what's going on, man? Uh, continued uh, every day surprise uh, from the news, isn't it? But we've said this for years and really more and more in the last six months. Well, as, as events continue to spin out of control, I think if you look at the, the view from 10,000 feet, you're seeing that especially in this country, that the things are really starting to spin out of control and, and who knows where it's all going to lead. But we have, we have the illegal immigration crisis at the southern border. We have all these riots all over the country now, another, another police shooting or killing. Uh, people aren't even waiting for the verdict from the investigation before the riots start and the looting. Plus, we have wars wars and rumors of wars. Um, Biden is bumbling, bumbling and stumbling to get us into a war with Russia and over over at the Ukraine. So I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, this is the wrong administration to have right now and all these problems in the world. And and in, in one sense, they're the driver of these events. So it's really getting, it's really getting out of hand. And one of my favorites, the radical environmental movement, I don't know if you heard about this one, but basically they're looking to block the sun to prevent global warming. This is this is the level of the environmental movement has gone to. And I've always said No that. way. Really? Ugh. This is this is craziness. Okay. I don't know in reality if they can accomplish what they want to. Hopefully not. But by blocking the sun, you're, 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 it's just lunacy. It's just, these, these people are, are back guana crazy. I, I, you'd have to say, because. Wouldn't the blocking the sun context, cause depression then? Well, you, you would cut off the process called photosynthesis. So which would, which would seriously inhibit plant growth. So the trees and the plants that would normally grow that need the sun to grow wouldn't grow so you'd be destroying you'd be destroying plant life and tree life and i've always said that if you're seriously concerned about saving the environment i mean legitimately saving environment a good place to start would be getting rid of the radical environmental movement this is just one of those examples i mean how, how are you going to block the sun i've read about this in the past where they're going to use sulfur particles in an attempt to block the sun. And of course, now you're going to have acid rain. And then they want to use mercury light bulbs in, inside oh. your house. So, if you, you know, you know, you, you break a mercury light bulb, you got a hazardous waste situation, not, not to mention when they, when they burn out, you got to throw these things out and you got a hazardous waste situation going into the landfills. And then you have solar panels and solar panels, they have a useful life, and then when they when they wear out, now you got to get rid of the solar panels, and then you have all kinds of toxic chemicals, including lead, that'll leach out once they go into the landfills. So you're creating you're creating these legitimate environmental problems by trying to solve a non-problem called global warming. Which remember isn't even called global warming anymore. It's called climate change because they don't know whether it's going to warm the planet or, or cool the planet. But so they just call it climate change. So all bases are covered. So this is this is the kind of 
lunacy we're dealing with. And I don't, I don't know where it all, I don't know where it all is going to go. It's just, Sounds like that to me. I mean, but I mean, I don't know what else to say. Is Biden's not coming up with this. Other people are, and Biden's just doing his thing. Well, Biden just goes along with it. Biden's a Biden's a, a senile old left left wing hack. Is all he is at this point, and he'll just go along with anything that the so called experts tell him. You know, and things that he's a big climate change guy and his climate czar John Kerry who flies around in his private jets. He's a big climate change guy. So he'll just listen to whatever. But we need to be we need to be worried about these people. These people are legitimately crazy. So I don't know what I don't know where that's all gonna lead. I don't know if they're really gonna try and attempt to do this. Or what or what's gonna happen, but we need to be worried about these people because these people are I don't I don't think they're mentally I don't think they're all there to even attempt something like this or even to, to propose something like this. I I don't think these people are all there. So who knows where this is all gonna lead, but and look and again I'm not saying we don't have legitimate environmental problems. Of course we do. I mean Los Angeles has a smog problem and, and, and whatnot and, and we have solid waste issues and all this other sort of thing, but those are legitimate environmental problems. And a lot of them, as I just mentioned, are being exacerbated by the radical environmental movement. So it's really, it's really a shame that legitimate environmental problems are seemingly falling by the wayside to solve a non-problem. It's really, the whole thing is really crazy. You know, I don't know what else to say on that. Yeah, it is. So what else is new? What other things are going on? It seems like a lot of different things that you're picking up that's happening when just uh, uh, just <laughs> nothing but bad news, it sounds like, uh, Rob. Well, we can remember continuing, again, I'm continuing with the, don't forget the economy. I haven't seen too much on the economy, but the money printing, you know, these, these so-called stimulus bills, they keep churning out these stimulus bills and they keep printing money, which is diluting the money supply, which is eventually going to cause a hyperinflationary environment, which is going to lead to the demise of the, of the dollar. So that's still going on, although I haven't seen so many stories about that as of late, but that's still going on in the background. So people need to be aware. And if you have the ability to go out and buy precious metals, I'm talking about the physical gold and silver probably be your best bet at this point as the u.s dollar keeps keeps printing they keep printing and you think printing it, do you think there's a conspiracy the with dollar. bitcoin you think there's conspiracy as well with bitcoin so that we could go to all of us one currency paypal is now going to take bitcoin uh that i'm not sure about um i don't know enough about it about Bitcoin to really comment, but I know I know the the powers that be do not like a, a competitor to the U.S. dollar. I mean, the last president that tried to introduce a competitor to the to the U.S. dollar was John F. Kennedy, and we all know what happened to him. I mean, he had his head blown off in broad daylight. Um, so that that that's as much as I can tell you about that, but. Um, 
But we just need to be aware that the dollar is going to eventually, just mathematically and logically, the dollar has to collapse. And this will happen. I don't know what the timing will be, but it could be within the next one to two years that we experience this hyperinflation. And then who knows where, where things go after that. You know, whether they come in with a different currency or I, I don't know what the powers that be. I, I don't know what the plan is after that. I just know that they're they're rushing towards it right now. So again, that's another scary scenario when you sit there and think about it. Like, what are these people doing? And what are these people doing to prevent such a scenario and not doing anything except accelerating our accelerating our way towards it? With this continuous with these spending bills and this money printing that they're doing and the russians and the chinese are already talking about moving away from the u.s dollar now a lot of demand for the u.s dollar comes in the form of so the so-called petrodollar okay which basically means that countries have to buy their oil or their energy supplies with the u.s dollar which helps soak up some of the you know it puts demand in for these dollars, but if the countries decouple themselves from the dollar, like Russia and China are, are talking about doing, then all those petrodollars, they have nowhere to go except come back to the United States, and that they're only gonna, that's only going to exacerbate this hyperinflationary environment that I'm just that I'm talking about. Now, in the past, when countries tried to decouple themselves from the dollar, like Iraq or Libya or something, they were just they were invaded. But it's kind of hard to invade Russia and China. That's they're not really those countries. I mean, militarily, they're not Iraq or or Libya. So that would be really that's another scary scenario. Is what 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 the powers that be they're going to do to retaliate against Russia and China for decoupling from the U.S. dollar is another scenario we need to be worried about. So there's a lot to be worried about right now with the leaders with our so-called leaders and powers that be. And I just I just think that it's, I don't know. I don't know where, where it's all gonna lead, but can't be leading anywhere good. And we got these bumbling buffoons running the whole thing led by Joe Biden. So it's just, it's just a really bad situation, Neil. Okay, so so the only thing, but you but you predicted this whole thing to happen. Uh, you did. Well, it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process. And again, the website boxofsunglasses.com and God's Simple Salvation Plan. I mean, that's the only thing that we know that's true anymore. Is you know what the Bible has to say, and you know, so I suggest people look into that very seriously. Put your faith in God and don't put your faith in their so-called leaders. And that's any leader, including Donald Trump. Is my best advice at this point. Yeah, what has happened with yeah, I think Donald Trump with the whole vaccine is gonna be his end all that he'll never get reelected because of what happened with the vaccine. That'll be the that'll be the based on him rushing a vaccine out, that'll be his final curtain call. I think. Well, well, I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, let's let's see what happens with the vaccine, with the effects from the vaccine. I mean, we'll start 
that he's starting to see a lot of negative effects. Yeah, they took they the pulled vaccine. Johnson and Johnson off the shelves, and that was supposed to be the best of all of them. So yeah, so yeah, <laughs> the vaccine. <laughs> oh my! All right, well, we appreciate it, Rob. Boxsunglasses.com, uh, and we'll talk next week. All right, Neil. Talk all right, Rob. You. Okay, that that again was the Robert Sully Show. Take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and also Truth Just Below the Surface, Freedom from Addiction. And I'm excited to welcome Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? And uh, we're having a regular that's coming on all of our programs because of just the information he brings. Right. And this is third in a series. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. It's my sincerest desire for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and in this time of coronavirus pandemic, safer. I am Reverend Wen Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. Freedom from Addiction, Share Your Mission is the longest running single hosted and produced spiritually based radio internet talk show in America. It's been continuously running for the last 20 plus years. I introduced to you celebrities and non-celebrities alike who have something to say about the disease of addiction in its 30 plus different forms and about the importance of finding your mission or purpose in life and then acting on it. More recently as an investigative journalist, I have brought you truth just below the surface with emphasis on the coronavirus pandemic. So today, our topic is seeds of murder. So without further ado, let's bring on Howard. Howard, it's great to have you on the program again. Thank you, Wynn. I want to know, Howard, do you have any idea what's going on in the minds of these remote control killers while they are killing? Glee. Um, you know, it, it's, um, it's adrenaline rush. It's, uh, it's a thrill. It's very much like a video game. In fact, you know, when they've had some of the videos of the kids, um, some of them had, were laughing was smiling. I've seen some of the Israeli videos and, and some of the videos here, there was a church shooting. Um, and uh, they're, they're getting this uh, adrenaline rush. See, there's another word for it that begins with the D, I forgot. Um, dopamine. Um, you know, this is almost like an addictive behavior because they become addicted to the fascination of killing. And that's a pretty sad statement. Absolutely. So um, how do we inter- intervene effectively before these remote control killers steal more innocent lives? Uh, some of the uh, factors you talked about were parenting and mentoring. What, uh, what about mental health uh, issues in trying to, to get these people who are addicted to killing or becoming addicted to killing back on the right track? 
parents and teachers can do so much because you can see in children, they don't hide their addiction, uh, especially their addiction to video killing and you know, uh, trauma killing, uh, you know, video games. Uh, and parents and teachers have an enormous responsibility. I'm privileged to live in a valley in Southern Vermont where, where if anything goes on with your kids, if they're not eating regularly, if their behavior's changing, um, if they're getting more temperamental, um, you get a call from the teacher. You get the call from the teacher and they say, here's what's going on, I'm concerned, or they'll send an email. Um, and we're all connected. The, uh, is it, I don't know if Navajo, the Indians have a term of kakuyasin. We are all connected. And in my small town, I feel so connected. We all feel so connected to each other. Yeah, we have the gossip issues. Uh, and that's the dark side of communicating with people. But we also have the effective way to talk, which is talking to people directly, talk to the parents. Parents play a huge role. There are many parents out there, many single parents, often single moms, who know their children are having issues or seething with rage underneath or raging about the divorce. Uh, and they're afraid to do something. They're afraid to do what they can do which is sit down with your child at the dinner table and say, let's talk about some of these things. And at first the child might blow up. I don't want to talk about it, mom. That's what adolescents say. They don't want to talk about anything with parents. Keep crying. Uh, another great place is when, they're, when you're in the car. I love talking to my kids, you know, when I'm in the car because I got them trapped and I can really, you know, talk about important issues with them. And even if they don't acknowledge it, I know they're there and I know the words are getting through. So it's a battle between the video and the negative forces in this world, which are more prevalent than ever because of social media, the battle between those negative forces and us as parents and teachers. Uh, you've been uh, listening to Howard Bronson today on this program. His book is called Speak Up, Our Gossipy World and Its Connection to Racism and mental illness. And in my opinion, if you're interested or concerned about racism, gossip, mental illness, you've got to read this book. It's one of the finest books that I've read this year. And uh, Howard, uh, tell them how they can get a copy of your book and uh, anything else that you want them to know about contact information. Uh, you can get the book two sources. You can get it from Waldorf Publishing, W-A-L-D-O-R-F, waldorfpublishing.com. Uh, you can also visit our website, uh, which is, you know, everything about who we are and all of the other books as well that I have out there this year. Uh, this is quite a year for me when I've got seven books, two re-releases, and five new books. And you know, we will go through them over the subsequent weeks, uh, the subsequent weeks. But that website is freeenterprisesolutions.com. That's freeenterprisesolutions.com. Um, Howard, uh, can they get your book off of Amazon? Books, yes, certainly off of Amazon. You know, there's hundreds of ways you can get it. Uh, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Waldorf. Uh, at Free Enterprise Solutions, you can learn 
more about who I am and, you know, my different counseling and coaching services as well. Great. It's uh, right. my, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying that absolutely great information, Howard, again, and it's really makes you think about violence and what we need to do to stop it, especially gun violence, but go ahead, Wynn. So my mission or purpose in life is to spread a message that there is a cure for all addictive behaviors. My book is a spiritual cure and the treatment program is profiled in my book, Freedom from Addiction and then the number three. It's available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you meet three simple criteria, everybody gets well. I have two free resources where you can start your journey. The first is to follow the link to my podcast, which we're doing today. And that's um, www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. Spell Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N. No spaces, no uh, capitalization. And for more detail about my treatment plan, you want to go to www.revwinhendersonmd.com. And guys, it's been a pleasure to to uh, be on this program uh, this morning and uh, hope that y'all have a blessed day. All right. Thank you, Next. sir. Thank All you right, guys, that was Freedom Prediction Truth. That's just below the surface of the Neil Haley Show. Take care.